In this episode, we're serving the tea on sacred spaces. Belinda and Christy discuss what makes a space sacred, share their personal experiences in sacred space, and share some examples for you to explore or even create. Welcome to Starlight Tea, where we're serving the tea for living a magically creative life. I'm Christy Cook. And I'm Belinda Boring. Starlight Tea Podcast, a member of the Once Upon a Podcast Network, is brought to you by Of Starlight and Moonbeams a team of authors and creators whose goal is to bring more magic and creativity to life. Like the stars and the moon, our mission is to share our light in the darkness, guiding others to discover their own light to shine forth to. To receive notifications of new episodes of Starlight Tea and new issues of Moonbeams magazine, as well as exclusive gifts and offerings, be sure to subscribe to our newsletter at ofstarlightatmoonbeams.com. Hey, Christy, what's in your cup this week? Oh, this week in my actual physical cup, I have raspberry lemonade flavored water, and it is delicious. And in my life cup, I'm trying to get organized, which uh, trying to always seems to go along with that. (laughs) It feels like it's a (laughs) constant uh, struggle for me. And I think it's my Capricorn rising that... Uh, inspires me to do that, that I feel like I need to know what I'm doing. And, but then once I do it and I get it all laid out and I have a nice, great strategic plan, my Leo steps up and says, nah, screw that. We're going to do something else. (laughs) So (laughs) Sometimes I get frustrated with myself because I put all this work into it, but I have really been feeling, um, we just talked about it. In fact, a couple episodes ago about the overwhelm. And I know part of that is just because I'm not making the proper space and time to do what needs to be done. And then it piles up. And so I'm trying to get better about that. So that's what is going on with me. Plus tomorrow, well, as we're recording this, once you listen to it, we'll already be there. Tomorrow starts Leo season and that's my season. So I'm kind of excited for it. And I'm already feeling that good power up after being in the more quiet, emotional season of cancer. So I'm, I'm ready to to really blow things up over the next few weeks before we get to Lamas. <laughs> downward slide, you know, for winter. So there you go. So what's in your cup, Belinda? Um, today I have my watermelon cup and I have iced soda, but it is ginger ale. Because I, like we talked about it again, like we talked about a couple of weeks ago about overwhelm, that if you don't pull yourself out of it quick enough and slow down, that your body will slow you down for you. And I'm feeling that this hmm. today, like it, it's it's yeah. hit me. There's been a lot been going on uh, physically and emotionally and mentally, just a lot of lot of hustle bustle. And some things are starting to come to a close and my body's like, oh, yay, it's time to slow down. (laughs) And so my body just aches and just feel nauseous and just blah. So today I just spent it 
kind of curled up on my recliner under a blanket. It's hot outside. I think it's like 100 degrees. I have a sweater on. I'm freezing. And so that's what's going on. That's what's in my physical cup. Yeah, and just in my life cup. It's just watching things that we've been manifesting and prepping for and working with slowly reach that end. It's funny, we're Cap- uh, I'm a Capricorn rising too, and you're trying to organize one part of your time, and mm-hmm. I've started a new project, and it's been such a while since I've written, I forgot that even though I, li- I end up being a panster, in the beginning, I'm a plotter. Mm-hmm. And so I went to go sit down and start writing and I was like, oh, you need to know what you're doing. You need to know what's going on. So I started World Bible for this new series that I'm excited to start. So getting that organized. So it's funny that we're organizing, but in different different right. parts, different things in our life. But yeah, I feel it. I have to know what I'm doing. I have to, especially as a writer, I have to see that in and it's usually the last the last line that I know of my books, I know the end and then I just got to work towards it. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm going to do it. I know I'm going to have this world built and I'm going to have this plot done. And then my characters are going to go, Oh, that's so sweet of you. You took this time and all this effort and thought, (laughs) hate to tell you, but we have better ideas. And then I like mumble under my breath. You couldn't have told yeah. me this in the beginning, but I guess that's part of the journey too, of when you're writing and being creative or when you have a project, you don't really know what you know in the beginning until you're in the thick of it. So mm-hmm. I guess my plotting right now is my intentions for the book. And so oh, oh, look I at that. that, I applied that, right? You're yeah. setting your intentions, but then when you're in the thick of it, then you start um, working. Oh, what then, a... Uh reflection on just life in general too you know like you set your intentions for anything you're doing in life and it gives you a bit of a structure at least to get started but you don't really know what to expect until you're in the thick of it and what's going to happen and there are so many plot twists that we know in real life and that's kind of you know it's kind of like what I'm doing with the my organizing too is now that we've been doing the magazine and the podcast for six months, I have a much better feel than I used to of how much time it takes to do certain things and just becoming more aware of that. So I had set those intentions in the beginning and then, you know, certain things take longer than we expect and those plot twists come in. So now I guess I kind of feel like maybe I'm more at that midpoint of the story where it's like, okay, I have a better lay of the land and what's going on. So let me gather all my tools and <laughs> get organized before shit goes crazy again. <laughs> That's what I, was I was like, oh, Christy, don't say that. Cause it's the middle <laughs> of the story where everything goes to shit. And I'm like, no, things can't go to shit. We finally, <laughs> it reminds me of my toddler. Like you, you get the toys, like you're building something, the blocks, and you're putting them all together, and it looks good. And you're like, ah, oh, structure, it looks great. I know what I'm doing. And along comes this toddler, like hurricane toddler, and demolishes it. It all goes to shit. And I'm laughs. Like, oh, yeah. like, <laughs> and laughs and thinks it's the cutest thing. And because they're so cute, you laugh too, but you're just yeah. like, no. Okay, <laughs> let's start again. Oh my god! Oh my god! Another metaphor life. for life. <laughs> Hurricane toddler and things go to shit and yeah. 
But I think that's a good thing because we know the structure, like at least we're familiar. So then when we have to not necessarily, we're not necessarily rebuilding, we're replacing things mm-hmm. and realigning things yes. and adjusting. A lot of yeah. the times because we've learned something, we align it better. And so right. see, that's another insight. Like when things yeah. go to shit, how many times do we go, oh my gosh, we have to start all over again? No, we don't. We're not starting right. again. We're starting now yeah. with the wisdom and knowledge that we've just gathered for the first half of the story. And how many times is right is that when those plot t- twists come and things have to realign and, and we have to adapt, how many times does the story come out better than we thought? Because oh, now we've got that added wisdom. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> and there's the episode right there. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the beginning of what's in our life cup. And we're like, ooh, so insightful. Very yeah, insightful. Lots, to, lots to think about there. So, yeah, that's what's in our life cup. And, yeah, still working. <laughs> Work in progress. You know, that's what we are. Okay, before we serve the tea, I just want to say happy birthday to our Leo listeners. And I know we're not very good about that previously, but now that we will be having our astrologist Jackie Sab coming on every week or every month, I'm sorry, to introduce the new season, we'll get better about that. But we just want to say we've entered Leo season and Venus went retrograde in Leo on the same day. And then we have Lamas coming up on August 1st. And right after that is Lionsgate. And we just want to say if you did miss that episode, be sure to go back and listen to the one right before this with Jackie Sab to better understand what all of this means and what you can expect in the coming weeks and months. It was a really good one. So there is always something fun and magical going on in the world and with of Starlight and Moonbeams. So so subscribe to our newsletter to receive weekly news, updates on our offerings, and exclusive gifts and promo codes for our shop. You can also hit the subscribe or follow button on your app to queue up new episodes as soon as they drop and follow us on the socials. Find everything through our new link tree in the show notes. Also, please consider leaving a review or a comment, something that lets other listeners know what you liked about the episode so they can tune in too. Okay, so this week we're serving the tea on sacred spaces. So let's start with the question, Christy, what is a sacred space? I had this conversation actually with um, a group of women and everyone might have a little bit of a different definition, but I think the most common thread into it is the presence of the divine. In some way or another, you just feel that energy. You sense that presence, that divine mother, father, God, the universe, the creator of all, the source of all, whatever you call it, is present in that space. And so to me, that a lot of times is church, not always, but you know, I can walk into especially older, more ancient churches and cathedrals. Like when I went to, um, when I go to Europe, I love going into all the different cathedrals and there's just a resonance there where you can feel that just ages old divine energy. 
Um, but it can be a, a cemetery. It can be all kinds of places where you bring in the divine. Uh, nature. Nature is a huge one. And that was the other thing we all agreed on was you can always connect with the divine in nature. And I think that that is really what a lot of people who are not followers of organized religion, but, you know, they say nature is my church. It's not that I'm, you know, some that I don't believe or I don't connect or I don't have a relationship. It's that I don't need to go into a building, a specific building to make that connection. So, yeah, you can, I, in my opinion, you can find sacred spaces all over the place. What about you, Belinda? What do you, how would you define a sacred space? I think the same way. Um, and I'm with you. There's something, there's something just beautiful about the energy when you walk into one of those old cathedrals and, mm. and the architecture, because to me, the intention put in when they crafted that building, um, the yeah. intention that it was a place where people can come and offer up their hopes their dreams, their petitions to the person, to the, the source that they see as their God or goddess or their higher source. And so to me, the energy that resonates there are all those spoken prayers, all those heartfelt mm -hmm. wishes, those desperate pleas. And to me, that's what makes it sacred. It's the faith and intention of the people who visit. Just the same as not so much now, but when I was back home, I would go down to the beach for the very same reason. Sitting mm -hmm. there early in the morning or uh, late at night and like you just sit there and it's again that intention like it's hard not to feel that divine energy that presence that yeah. that feeling that you're not alone that for whatever has brought you there with those feelings in your heart and those thoughts you're connected you're connected right. back to source i love it you put your feet in the sand and the smell of the salt the the sound of the waves it's that real calming influence and that's the same reason why um i love the mountains now and the forests to me that's sacred space and also like to me it could be anywhere like i i had the thought I just did the family reunion with my family and there was one night where everything was calm, my family's asleep or in the tent and I just dropped into that feeling of mm -hmm. putting those light pillars around our tent and calling in the divine, asking the goddess to watch over my family and, you know, right there and then that tent became sacred, that tent, mm -hmm. that tent became a place of reverence where I had made that connection and I could feel that peace in knowing that I could relax because the divine was watching over. And so I tend to believe that there are sacred places that were designed to be sacred places, but there's also places that you create within yourself. I've even heard people say that we ourselves are sacred spaces because we're conduits oh, yeah. of the divine. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and that means that you can create a sacred space anywhere you are. If you can do, I mean, you describing that, you know, putting those pillars up and making your tent a sacred space, that, that just sounded so beautiful to me. It gave me chills because we think sacred spaces are churches and cemeteries and these holy grounds that have been blessed and consecrated. But yes, they are because again, that's the intentions, the intentions were there, but we can each 
do the same thing and bring those intentions to wherever we are. I am an elemental healer and, and took a, you know, a year long course on elemental healing. So I'm very aware of bringing in the elements and the energy of all of the elements. And when you're describing the beach, the beach to me is what I think of as the perfect place to call in, to just be in. You don't even have to call them in. They're all right there, all the elements. Because you have the fire of the sun. You have the air of the breeze and the seagulls flying around, whatever. We have pelicans and all kinds of other birds as well. Obviously, you have the water and you have earth. You know, you have the sand beneath your feet. And so they're all right there. You know, you know, it's just all in one place and you can just sit right in the middle of it and call in a divine. And there you go. You have a sacred setting. And it's you know, also tangible, too. That's what mm -hmm. I love about it. Yeah. It's tangible. Yeah. And the forest, if you're by a creek, you have it all right there as well. You know, you have the water for the creek. You have the trees and the ground for the earth. You have the breeze for the air again and the birds calling and singing to each other. Did I miss one? Oh, the fire. You still have the sun. You always yeah. have the sun. Or you, you know, at night you make a campfire or whatever. So it's just beautiful getting out in nature. And that's the thing when you're sitting out there in nature, whether it's on the beach and watching a beautiful sunset that only the divine could paint or you're in the forest or in the mountains and just surrounded by such incredible beauty you know that we're not alone I mean how yeah. could something just so amazing you know just appear and it's it's yeah you feel it there so that's I think too like I, I got two more I like thoughts just came of, you know, if you're like me, I'm up in uh, northern Arizona. I'm not anywhere near a beach. And a beach to me is one of my most favorite sacred places. And so what happens when you can't get to something that is so obviously divine, same with the mountains and things like that. It's even going for a walk in your neighborhood. It's mm -hmm. what makes it sacred is because you're able to witness and observe and see the divine in action where you see people going about their days you see the birds making nests you know the grass that is growing you see people's um, evidence that people are with their flowers you can feel the wind through the trees and things like that the sun coming down and it's really just that moment where you've separated yourself from the hustle and bustle where your only intention is simply to enjoy the moment. That's what makes it a sacred space. And then I think also of all the beautiful guided uh, meditations and journeys that uh, we've been on, a lot of them we've been on them together, where we're able to create that, that sacred space within ourselves, within our souls, that place that we can go in and commune one-on-one -on -one with the goddess or with our spirit guides where really where we can just stop and breathe and let down that load and simply be mm -hmm. a lot of the times when we're asked to go to a sacred space I love it when um, one of mine is I have a small little hut that is right on the edge of a beach where I'm amongst the trees and I have a hammock and I have I can be cocooned in this hammock and then I can hear the wind rustling and the waves crashing 
and it's just so still and that nice warmth and the stillness of the air. Don't ever underestimate the power of your imagination and your mind to be able to create these sacred spaces where, you know, you could be in the car having such a hard day and you just, you just drop in there and make that connection. And it's important. I think it's so important that we find those sacred spaces for ourselves because life gets tough and it gets busy and it's so easy to be swept up in things, into the chaos, into those low frequency vibes that it yeah it's important if we want to keep if we want to keep like in contact with those things that bring us joy that keep us aligned with our intentions and what the things we're trying to manifest and things we're trying to create especially as creative people so that we're able to um keep in tune with our imagination yeah so i think a couple of things that you brought up so defining a sacred space we can expand on it okay so It's a space, whether in the physical world or within yourself, where the divine is present, but also where you are present. You, you know, the divine is there, but you are there. And so when you're walking in your neighborhood, it's not walking in your neighborhood while you're on your phone and not watching where you're going or where your brain is. Maybe you're physically walking in your neighborhood, but your mind is back on a conversation you had five years ago. You know, it's actually being present in the moment so that you are fully aware of the divine's presence and the divine's presence in everything that's around you as well. Not just that energy sensation, but just noticing the colors of the leaves and, you know, the different shades of green in them, how the wind shakes some of the leaves on the bush, but not the others, you know, how a flower one, you know, you, a rose bush that one rose looks a certain way and another rose, you know, maybe it, it hasn't fully bloomed and noticing how the diff- the petals curl differently and just being fully aware of that. And then the I, and another element maybe is gratitude as well is just being appreciative of being in this moment right here where you feel so connected to the earth, to the divine, to your inner self and then we bring in that creativity and and that's how you ground yourself too like it's it's an important part to keep yourself grounded so that you are able to uh, recharge and do the things that you're wanting to do right and and it reminds me of a book that I'm reading of walking with Persephone the goddess Persephone of the author would go for walks and it was a way that the goddess can commune with you too by paying attention mm-hmm to the nature around you uh mm-hmm. the things that you see around you know when you go for a walk do you see the same thing do you see the same crows or the same birds or how how does nature speak with you how does the divine speak with you especially if you're uh have questions or you're searching for answers or for guidance like you said right. it's important put the phone down be in the moment be present and be open to um being communicated with Right. And so that expands our definition even more because it's not just being in the presence, which you are, but also being open to that communication with the divine, with your higher self, whatever it is that, again, we in general call it the divine, just so you know what we're talking about, but it's whatever label you give it, that that sense of a higher power. Um, so being open to that communication and receiving those messages 
Also to add to our definition is the grounding. And that's really why you want to find a sacred space, why we, you know, we need them in our lives because they do provide that grounding. So it, and that's why, you know, it's cool that you can create it wherever you are. You can create all those things. You can bring in the the divine. You can become fully present. You can open yourself up to communication and bring in whatever elements, whether you call them in or you recognize them around you, and then you ground. And when you're having those high stress or anxious times, it doesn't matter if you're 500 miles from the beach or even 20 minutes from a church, you don't need that. You can find it within you and create your own little space and your own little bubble. And I've done that, you know, I think I mentioned it maybe when we were talking about overwhelm, but sometimes, you know, when I'm at work, it's just, I go into the ladies room and just lean against the wall and close my eyes and just draw, drop in right there and kind of create this sacred little bubble around me to ground because the workday was getting too stressful, you know? So, um, I know you've done our ceremonies sometimes from the car. And so you can, you know, just, create your own little bubble there again and be able to drop in and connect that way. So yeah, there's beautiful physical places you can go to for sacred space. There's your inner self that you can go to. Um, Also create sacred space in your own home. And that's, you know, I have altars. I have my main personal altar and whoa, you know, right when I sit down there are um, like when I go out of town and I, it's in my bedroom and I walk in and I see it there, it's just an immediate <sighs> sense of feeling yeah. home, sense of connecting and that grounding of being present. And yeah, I sit there and that's specifically what it's for. And sometimes that helps too. And I know you have altars. So you want to talk about altars just a little bit too? Like what do you, yeah, how I- do you build an altar? What do you have? Um, I'm actually looking at mine right now. Mine is on my desk and it is, um, it's intent. Like the first thing when I set up an altar or a sacred space, it has to have an intention. Like um, there are times where I'll have one that has the intention of the Sabbath. Like I had one for Yule. I do a Stara. I do those high holidays. But the one that I have right in front of me is actually it's just a little lazy Susan turning one. And everything that I've placed on there is with the intention to help with creativity, to uh, spark my imagination for inspiration. I have um, a sounding bowl, a throat chakra one. I did have a sacral, but my grandson took off of it. <laughs> I've incorporated... I've incorporated the um, elements in there. So I have my sage bundle, I have moon water, I have a candle. I also have some wheat and uh, flour, so some stuff from the earth. I have uh, anointing oils and stuff like that. And then I have just different crystals, like I have a golden healer on there, moss agate. I have a beautiful big rose quartz sphere. Which to me is, I can sometimes be my own worst critic. And so that gets in the way of my creativity. So when I'm needing that extra just confidence and to release that self-doubt, I'll reach out and I'll hold it. I have a Labradorite. To me, that sparks my imagination. It's a galaxy. Mm -hmm. 
I have a moon orb. I just have a bunch of different things. I have oil wax where to create my sacred space when I come to write. There's things that I do. I clear the air. I smudge it. I I have oils, specific oils that I will burn that like bergamot and lime that will kind of trigger that it's time to be creative. It's time mm-hmm. to to do that. Um, and then up my wall, even, I've got like mini altars. Like I have one for the goddess Bridget, or one for the goddess Persephone, and I have one for the goddess Caridwen. And when I look up, it, they're just reminders of the things that I learned from them and the messages and the insights that they give. But yeah, it's all to do with just intentions. And sometimes they will change. They'll change out depending on how I feel or what I need. Yeah. And just different things. I have just, yeah, different things. But when I come and sit at my desk and I look at it, that's, I get that intention sent back to me. And that's a way that I connect. And yeah, it helps with ceremony and it helps with the different rituals I have when I want to get into the mindset of work and being creative. Yeah, love that. And so the minute I walk into my office and I see it, because I have stuff all over my office, it's that. Yeah, that same feeling. Creativity. <laughs> it's this is where my creativity lies, and this is where I can come and kind of in that bubble. And so, yeah, yeah, you feel that connection. Yeah. I have what I call my public altar, which sometimes I'll post pictures of if I like how it turned out. It doesn't always, it means something to me, but it doesn't always have that, you know, Instagram photo, social media appeal to it, but I will post it. And that's the one that I change out for the Sabbath. So for our ceremonies or um, like when we did retreat, you know, I had a special one I set up for the retreat. And then I have a mini one on my desk for creativity, kind of the same thoughts that you have. And I have amethyst for creativity and for earth, I have a purple candle because um, purple's for intuition, fire, and my oils that I like for creativity. And I have a little seashell for the water to bring that in. And then I have a Labradorite Ganesha little carving. And Ganesha brings good fortune and good luck. So he sits on my desk to attract all of that. Um, but I think that the, the point of why we're describing these and saying you know what's on them like for my what do we just have I guess it would have been summer solstice Letha was our last Sabbath so and that kind of kicked off the whole summer season so that altar right now has sunflowers and a big carnelian sphere and a um, citrine obelisk and a a whole crystal grid, you know, with crystals for the summer energy for fire and power and growing and abundance. So what we're saying is you can create your own altars and you can have just one or you can have many, each one with its own intention. And so you set it with those things that when you see it, you connect in like you know, I had spoken about as soon as I, when I come back from being out of town and I see my main altar, I immediately connect in to the divine. When I come into my office and I see that summer altar, you know, I immediately connect into, okay, this is what we're doing for business right now. We're growing. We're in that season. And so you, you take those crystals that represent that energy that you want 
You can have little statues or maybe images of what you're wanting to reflect in this altar and what you want to connect to so that every time you see it, you immediately come into that intention. You come into that space that you're trying to create. You can create an ancestor one, which I really want to do this fall. And that can be up all year long, or you can keep it up during that ancestral period in October, November, December. But it's, you know, where you have pictures of your loved ones. Like I have a little, um, it's not an urn. It's a little container though with a few of my grandma's ashes in it. Um, But it's a heart shape. I mean, it's nice and everything. And images, you know, of your ancestors, those who have passed on, maybe some you've never even met. You know, I have pictures of great grandmas that I never met, but I can put them on there. And then you bring in the colors and the crystals and the scents. And, you know, again, going back to the the five senses, bringing that all in to that altar. And, and there you've created a sacred space for whatever your intention is. I love that. And like, that's, that's my goal, like to have in different parts. I want one, like one inside my kitchen, like a sacred space where when I cook, it's infused with the intention that it will bring health and prosperity to my family. Mm -hmm. One in my, in my uh, bedroom so that when we sleep, we're watched over and protected that our sleep can rejuvenate and recharge us and heal our bodies while we sleep so that we can get up the next day full of energy and Mm -hmm. and accomplished. Like there's just really, it's up to you how you create your sacred space, what's important Mm -hmm. to you, what it's for. Just, it's just, there's no limit. No, I, I know last year I, I used to have so much fun being able to change my stuff out and it was always a fun thing. What am I going to incorporate in this one? Well, this is the colors. Mm -hmm. These are the crystals. These are the herbs, the flowers. You can incorporate food into it as an offering. Just, yeah, whatever, whatever feels good to you, whatever resonates. And, and again, it's for the whole, the whole intention of it is to connect you with the divine to your higher power, to that source that uplifts you and empowers you. That's what it's for. And it's just a very tangible and visual reminder that we're part of something great and that Mm -hmm. we're working in partnership with the magic of the universe, with the power of uh, the divine father or the divine mother or whatever goddess that you choose to work with. And so I like that. It's a reminder that, hey, I'm not alone and that I have access to everything I need. I already have access to that abundance. I just need to claim it and work for it. So I like that. I I think it's important to have sacred spaces, a place that helps you recharge and tap in and remember exactly who you are. Yes. Oh, I love that. That was beautiful. Say that again. It's so that you could tap back in and remember who you are. Yeah. Know that you are divine, that you are important. And I think that's important for us as women. Our sacred space should be a place to remind you that you're enough. You're more than enough. And that what mm-hmm. you're doing is enough. And that your best will always be good enough. Um, and that you're loved and cherished and important and all those affirming and empowering things are right there in front of you. 
So, so yeah. So each sacred space is like you said, that physical, tangible place that connects you in to you and reminds you that you are allowed to have this space that and you don't have to have permission to enjoy it. You don't have to have permission to make your own sacred space. I mean, you have a right to it. And when you embrace that and connect into it, you do, you draw that power. You draw that power from the earth. You draw it from the divine. You draw it from your higher self from within. And you you receive it and you can go forth from there to share that sense of love and belonging with other people. And, you know, we, we, we kind of have our goal of, that's kind of, I guess, twofold there um, with of starlight and moonbeams and everything that we're doing is one to empower ourselves and, you know, and to help other women find their own empowerment. But then the second part of that is to share it with others so that they too can find their light and find their way and reclaim their own power so that they share theirs with the people around them. And it's just continues from there. And so that that sacred space is kind of that nexus point that you can access at any time because it's within you, but you can also have that place in your home. And then there's places all around in the world where you can find that moment and find that power and that connection and just be reminded that we really are all of the one heart. You know, we're all connected into that one creative energy. I just had that thought that when we create a sacred space, it's home. Mm, yeah. Home to where where we can come back to our sacred space where we can just be ourselves, just be us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I like it, that. I it, like that a lot. Yeah, I was like, because like, <laughs> um, when you think about it, like we talked about it two weeks ago about feeling overwhelmed and, you know, like they say, like when you come back to your physical home, it's like your sanctuary. So you make your home your sanctuary. It's a place where you can come and unload the burdens and the weight of the world can wait at the door. A sacred mm-hmm. space takes that one step further Yes. Where you can where you can truly come back to the essence of who you are. Mm-hmm. When you come to your sacred space, you can leave all the many hats that you wear, the responsibilities, the obligations, all of that, and you can simply be you, that divine spark, that that beautiful ripple of magic where you can just be and feel and be embraced and enveloped in the love of your divine source. And mm-hmm. I like that. I like that idea a lot because it's just, oh my gosh, it's just so important. You get bombarded when you go out. It's just, it's almost like that inner sanctum. It's yeah. that inner, it's that inner, inner, innermost part that is just solely for you. You don't have to share it with anyone. It's just you and your divine source don't have like you say you don't have to ask permission um Mm -hmm. it reminds me of what you shared about the divine mother of there's nothing that you can do to make me love you there's nothing that you can do to make me not love you i simply love you that is the feeling that resides within your sacred space 
that should be the the intention infuse your sacred space with that i simply love you so that when you come to your sacred space it is a refuge it is a, a place where you can draw that strength again where you can take that breath, where you can empower yourself, recharge yourself, be still, where you can pause and ask your questions without fear, without shame, without any of those things that hinder us, with that quiet, beautiful assurance that someone is there solely Mm -hmm. for us, for Mm -hmm. no other reason than that they love you and they want you to be successful. I don't know anything more powerful than that than having a sacred space like that. Yeah. And so I I encourage you to find out what your what your sacred space looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't have to have just one, multiple places, multiple sacred spaces that give you, because we're multidimensional, uh, we're complex beings, we have multiple needs, sacred spaces that meet each of those needs. You know, it's right. okay to have more than one. And so yeah. that's what I love. And there's plenty to go around. There's plenty of energy. There's plenty of love. Just claim it. So, yeah, we encourage you to find those places out in the world that bring you that connection and then consider how you can create something within your own private space, um, in your home or your room or wherever it is that you can go just for that private time. Um, I have, you know, when I've, had those moments of just overwhelming need to cry or deal with some kind of emotional wound, you know, that has just been triggered. I have laid down in a ball, a fetal position in front of my altar and sobbed. And just, you know, I could feel it took a while, but I could feel that divine love that you were talking about, that unconditional love, you you know, settle around me and just kind of hold me while I was crying my eyes out and my heart and my soul and everything. And so that place is your safe place and whatever you can create. And then like we said, you know, you can create other altars for other intentions. You can create one for your art or your writing or whatever it is you do for creativity. You can create an abundance altar for your business or your work that you do. And they don't have to be big. They can be very subtle. Um, Or you could even have it at your desk at your, you know, your 3D world job, just with a couple crystals or a little statue or image and a flower, you know, just the colors and the, the images is all that you know what they mean. Nobody else has to know what they mean. So yeah, the, the sacred is very personal. I saw this on Pinterest and I was so intrigued by it of altars in a mason jar there where you incorporate all those things. It's in a mason jar. I put a little bow on it. You can take it to work. No one knows what it is. Um, You know what it is. You know the intention that it is. It could just, yeah, it doesn't have to be big and elaborate. Just something that you can carry with you. Yeah. Um, One that I've seen is in an Altoids box. You put a little tea light candle in there. You put a piece of sage, a little crystal and a shell or something that represents water. And you can create an altar anywhere to, you know, if you need a call on protection, if you're in a situation that you need divine protection, you've got that right there. You call in a divine and you do what you need to do to create that protection. But yeah, Um, I I love those ideas as well. 
the portable ones. I was thinking of that when I was doing ceremony in uh in my car. Yeah. That oh, I wish I had like a little little pouch, and that's what I'm looking to do. Of uh, I could at least a candle, a pen, paper, things like that. But yeah, be creative with it. You are the magic. You are the beautiful energy. You connect in with the divine ground, call in the elements, and there you go. Wherever you are, you you have exactly what you need and be fully present. I love this episode. Like You think you understand what a sacred space is, and you have that surface idea, but once you talk about it and, and you listen and you swap ideas with others and share experiences, your understanding gets deeper, your appreciation gets deeper. And you can see mm-hmm. just exactly why it really is important to have have these spaces to claim as your own, you know, yeah. and to know that it really is up to you. And you do, and like you said, you could just call down a bubble around you, a bubble of energy right there, tap into the divine and there you go. Or you can have a focal point like an altar or you can go to these recognized big sacred historical sacred sites and tap into the collective and Mm -hmm. and and the ancestral energy that's there it just depends on what you need at the time so yeah yeah, that's beautiful oh and i i just want to go sit in my sacred space now and be happy because that's what it does it 99 percent of the time it makes me happy even the time when i was crying it makes me happy when i'm all done you know so love it because it's served its purpose it's done exactly what it's meant to do it's helped you unburden unload to give those things over to your higher power mm-hmm. and, and and it's helped you reconnect to your power that's a, the sole purpose of a sacred space yeah and so that's why you feel so good because you know it's it's done what it's meant to yeah so, yeah so belinda what starburst do you have today well i we talked about it a little bit i brought it up in uh, during the episode but i wanted to shine a starburst on the book that i'm currently reading i I have such a love and feel called to learn all things about the goddess Persephone. And so I went to Kindle, went to Amazon and downloaded a bunch of books. And I'm currently reading one by Molly Reamer called Walking with Persephone. And what I really love, I feel like, uh, like it's one of those books that the minute you start reading it and it resonates so strongly, it's like, this is the right time, the right place. I'm at the right frame of mind and mindset. My heart is where it needs to be to receive the message of this book. And it just talks about the lessons that we can learn from the goddess Persephone of who she was as we enter into that midlife. You know, as I turn, what is, I turned 48 this year. And so I've been the maiden, I've been the mother, I'm stepping and, I'm kind of the mother again because I'm raising my grandson, but I'm also the queen. There's so many things that I've done. It really, oh, there's there's certain things she said, like if you feel like you've been overwhelmed and you take on everything, this book is for you because it helps you to unload all of that, to really step into your power, realize where you want to be in this point in your life and to claim it. 
to be okay with saying no, to be able to meet the obligations of your family and those important responsibilities while also honoring the responsibilities we have to our own growth, our own spirituality, and our own journey through life. And that's paraphrasing it quite a lot. It's just, I remember sending you a whole bunch of quotes that I was reading from the book because I was like, yes, yes. Like if you feel like you're not enough to know that you are enough exactly as you are. And these are the gifts from Persephone and from uh, her messages and walking with her. And so I just started the book. It, I'm excited to see what I learn. It shares a lot of personal experiences from the author and the things that she has done, some of the devotional things she's done each day. So I'm excited to see, because also it kind of, it's interesting that I'm reading it now. It's kind of leading up to that because Persephone is the goddess of spring. So we've come out of spring, we've gone into summer and we're heading into the harvest. And she kind of is the goddess of the harvest too. Before then she descends into the underworld, which happens in Samhain and goes into shadow work. So I feel like this, don't you love that divine timing that this is the perfect time, not only of the season, but my life to be reading this book. And so I wanted to shout out this book, put it in the show notes. If you're in the same stage as me and are interested in things like this to give it a a look. So what about you, Christy? What is your starburst for today? Well, first going back to that, I I am just so interested in it because as you know, that is um, kind of the essence of the program that I'm working on creating right now to launch later this year. And so it's it's that divine timing and that synchrony, synchronicity again of, and it's kind of funny how you've, at the same time that I had this inspiration for this program, you had your inspiration for your new book, which is kind of weaving in some of those same elements and so it's it's just beautiful. And yeah, I'm picking that up. I'm reading Goddesses in Every Woman right now. But as soon as I'm done, I'm reading Walking with Persephone because it just sounds right in line I gifted with it to you. what we're creating. <laughs> Yay! Okay, I might start it even sooner. <laughs> yeah. So I will just uh, do my Starburst very quickly. I want to give a shout out to my mentor, Elaine Kalila Dowdy. She is the founder, the gatekeeper and focalizer of the Priestess Presence Temple and School of Sacred Arts. She has just released on July 22nd, a new Oracle deck called the Magdalene Rose. And so I'm really excited. I haven't gotten mine yet, but it's been pre-ordered and I'm really excited to check it out. But I just adore Elaine, Kalila, and everything that she is doing for women, for our world, you know, just she's just in complete service of bringing the divine feminine back to our world to achieve that balance that we're lacking right now and empowering women and just, you know, bringing us back to that center and she's she just does amazing work and this is her next her next kind of contribution she has so many offerings so this is her newest one right so i will 
we'll drop a link to that as well in the in the show notes so you can get your own debt. I'm excited because I remember Shift Network, which is an organization that I found on Facebook. She actually did an hour-long webinar talking about the Magdalene Rose mm-hmm. and how Mary Magdalene is someone that we should look more to and learn more about. I actually I found her so insightful and so easy to learn from and, and listen to that I went and downloaded a whole bunch of books on, on what she was talking about. I love that she's your mentor. Like, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It, it's um, total universe divine synchronicity stepped in for that to happen. And it's been an amazing journey. It started about this time last year, I think. Uh, well, a little bit later, it was right after we uh, released the last Havenwood Falls book. And I kind of had an idea of what was next, but not a very clear vision. And then all these things just started lining up that led me to, you know, like a month later, discovering her and connecting that with this priestess path that has been calling to me for years now. And yeah, it's just amazing. And i She's, she's been an amazing mentor and I'm just, I'm excited for her to be releasing this deck so, and really looking forward to it. There's going to be a lot of wisdom in there. I can tell you that because this woman just blows me away every time I listen to her. So thank you so much for joining us for this cuppa. Please come back next Wednesday when we'll be serving the tea on another deliciously magical topic. You can find Starlight Tea on Spotify, Apple, Good Pods, Google, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and Player FM, and also on our website at ofstarlightandmoonbeams.com. And in the meantime, be sure to follow us on Starlight Tea Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and One Day TikTok. And if you have a question or a topic suggestion, feel free to DM us or email at hello at starlightteapodcast.com. We hope you'll join us next week, and in the meantime, remember to keep your teacup overflowing so you can serve from the saucer. Now go make some magic.